Welcome to the To Our Gathered Catholic Podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing this weekend? Hey, Jim. I'm doing well, although I wish my Packers were playing in the Super Bowl later today. But um, all things considered, I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? I am uh, okay. Are you rooting for anybody now that you're... you're Not really. I I don't follow football that closely. There's going to be a party here at the seminary, so it'll be kind of nice to eat pizza and watch with the guys. And I know the commercials are always well done and funny, so I'm kind of looking forward to those. There's a lot less commercials this year, though. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. Well, yeah, it'll be fun still to to be with with the the seminarians. But are you going to watch today? Are they a fun bunch? They're a fun bunch. They are. Yes. <laughs> Overall, more some more oh, fun than awesome. others. What, what's the one that I met? I really liked him. He was a good guy. Oh, that was Steve. Yeah. Steve. Steve is a good good man. He is a good man. Um, I am gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch the Super Bowl. I'm making some uh, food up. Mm. Uh, but um, my wife um, is. She's always wanted to go ice fishing. Okay. And. Um, it's it's but she's not a fan of the cold, so I found um, this whole uh, swanky setup where you just rent everything for uh-huh. one price for four people to go fishing. Okay, and um, and it's it's a heated shack and there's a TV and there's a DVD wow. player. Is there a wet bar? I don't know, but she brought <laughs> uh, she brought beverages. Okay. So, um, but they uh, they supply the rods and the reels and the bait and everything. You just show up. Wow. And uh, you get out there and you and and you go to town and it's nine below. <laughs> well, right down here. I was just going to ask about that because it's that cold down here too. So. Well, yeah. and she didn't realize that she was planted for the Super Bowl. She's taken. Oh. Uh, a, f- a friend of ours and his uh, wife and daughter, and he's taken her out to the gun range and showed her how to shoot. So she wanted mm-hmm. to, um, she wanted me to go, and I was like, "What, what are you nuts?" <laughs> <laughs> so she actually is doing. She's going for it. They're out there right now. Oh my god! Wow. So wait, does that leave you to watch the game by yourself? Well, for the first half, oh, and okay. then uh, I got some. I got some uh, uh, Italian beef on a slow cooker, and oh nice. And then she and is coming back, and they might join her. But uh, we got food if they do. So all right, very good. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my afternoon. All right. After after I'm done, this obviously is going to be the highlight of my day, oh, and yeah, I truly. don't think I'm you know cheering for anybody. No, I just uh, I'll just you know whatever. We'll see what yeah, happens. We'll just enjoy. I, um, we got some feedback. We oh. got a couple things of feedback that I want to cover and get. Uh, you know, okay. just make sure that our, our listeners are, are understanding that we, too, listen to them. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, um, one of them, uh, I got a very uh, stern feedback, not about anything you're doing because you're perfect. <laughs> but uh, according to this listener, uh, I have a tendency to start out my sentences really, really strong and then just fade up into a mumble when I'm done. I don't <laughs> see that. <laughs> Mm. But I'm going to work on that because um, I uh, respect this person who offered this to me. Okay. And she has a theater background, so uh-huh. she probably knows what she's talking about. Probably, yeah. And the uh, second piece of feedback that we got from our spiritual direction episode, mm-hmm. um, I've heard from a couple of people where they were like, hey, would love to get spiritual direction. Uh, but uh, my priest doesn't seem to offer it. Should I be taking that personally? 
and uh, it's and and I dug into it a little bit more, and it turns out that uh, I don't know if you were pushing this, but I know I was pushing this that go see your parish priest, and yeah, parish priests are really really busy. They are very busy, so <laughs> yeah. they're often reluctant to take anybody on for regular direction. They're happy to do pastoral right. counseling with people, you know, as, right. as needs arise. But yeah, they're generally not going to take on somebody uh, long-term. And there's also, even though they're ordained priests, they may not have gotten much training in, in the uh, specific ministry of spiritual direction. So, right. Yeah, some, some people are more just naturally inclined to it than others. And so without uh, training, uh, it, may be, it may be a little bit... They might be it gets a little awkward, yeah, probably. Could be. I, uh, I, I asked uh, my parish priest... And he's like, no, I'm horrible at this. <laughs> I'm like, anybody who be that, anybody who's that humble, yeah, anybody who's that humble can't be a bad spiritual director. No, but he's he's a really, really good guy. He's just like, I just, I that is not one of my gifts, and I fully admit it. And I try to help people to find somebody that can give them spiritual direction, but mm-hmm. that ain't gonna be me. Right. And I was like, you know what? So. Um, I apologize if I was uh, leading people to believe that their parish priest was the solid best answer for them, and then people were, you know, taking it personally that they're. Pre- oh yeah, no, saying, don't take it personally. No. <laughs> Please don't take it personally. No, I was just uh, I, I was being very naive and forgot about how busy <laughs> our priests are. That being said, there are options for spiritual direction, and here in Minnesota. Um, the, the big suggestion would be, uh, if you're in the Twin City area and you call out to DeMontreville and Father, I think you'd agree with me, um, that there may be an opportunity to get some spiritual direction from the Jesuits at DeMontreville. Possibly, although there's only, uh, really a couple of guys out there at this point. Um, so I don't know if they might be already maxed out, but yeah, you could certainly call and check that out. Um, I know that there are some, uh, you know, Benedictines around as well, like at St. John's Collegeville. That's a little bit farther out, but uh, yeah, there are other, far other possibilities. Yeah, but if it's only once a month or every six weeks, it might. And it's a pretty drive, and you can. It, I was just going to say it. Yeah, maybe that'd be part of the experience. Just <laughs> you get some Johnny bread while you're out there, <laughs> which is always delightful. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you approach your parish priest, perhaps just ask them, hey, can you point me in the direction of uh, a good spiritual director? Right. Um, they probably, uh, they may have the resources to be able to help you with that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sorry. Anyway. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been the one encouraging it. I don't you remember. You might have been too. I just, I'll take the, I'll, I'll fall on the sword on this one, Father. You get the All next right. one. Okay. So topics of uh, today, uh, we're, we're, what are we talking about here today, Val? Well, you know, we thought it might be uh, helpful to do an episode on Marian apparitions, uh, because as Catholics, we know that Mary plays a prominent role uh, in our spiritual lives, and we, so we have a great love and devotion to Our Lady, and... Um, yeah, some of these apparitions would be pretty well known to Catholics, even if they don't know all the details, they've probably heard of a few of them. But then there are others that might be very unknown, including one uh, in our own country, United States, and in my own state of Wisconsin. So we thought we'd, we'd uh, talk today just about these Marian apparitions, you know, and what they're about and why they might be important for us as Catholics. All right. And then what's going on this week? 
Well, this week, yeah. One it's of the reasons like we, corresponding to something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so let's see. I think there's Our Lady of Lourdes uh, is coming up this uh, February 11th. Uh, so it's an optional memorial in the, in the church's uh, liturgical calendar. Um, and it's also the World Day of the Sick on February 11th because Lourdes in France is a uh, Marian apparition site, pilgrimage site, where many people have been healed of their physical uh, and emotional disabilities. And, um, and so a lot of people actually go there intentionally seeking healing, and uh, we can talk more about Lourdes in the course of our program. But that's coming up on uh, Thursday, February 11th. So we thought with that feast on the horizon, um, we could talk about Marian apparitions today. All right. I think that's a fine topic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Who it. Who thought of it? Um, Go ahead. You did. Yes, thank you. Okay, just wanted to <laughs> clarify that. You, you've come up with most of them, so I figured that I can was, take credit for one not true or all. two. So you've, uh, this has been no. a very collaborative. We, we, it is. We kind of discern together on this, so yeah. <clears throat> and then we usually go with what I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one who's editing the program. I, I mean, you could always, you could just completely eliminate my voice from it if you wanted. So we would have no listeners at that point. Oh, we should. I should be working on eliminating uh, my stuff because <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> All right. So, uh, how do you want to start out? You want to talk about? Uh, what makes a Marian apparition? Or? Yeah, maybe we can just talk in general terms about kind of what that means. And um, so I think our listeners probably know that our Blessed Mother was very important uh, in the life of our Lord. I mean, she obviously gave birth to him, but she was also there at the foot of the cross uh, at his death. So throughout his entire life, she would have played a very important role in his own development and growth in his human nature. Um, and we know that for the last 2,000 years, um, uh, Jesus, uh, the risen Christ, and our Blessed Mother, who was assumed into heaven, body and soul, that they, um, you know, they continue to reach out to us, right? I mean, we believe that, obviously, the risen Christ is, in a lot of ways, more present to the world now than he was during the 33 years that he walked the earth. And his mother Mary, uh, from heaven, uh, can now appear to us. Uh, she can. She's very present to us. She looks upon us as her children. She, we call her Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And um, really, she's just interested in one thing, and that's in kind of directing all of us towards her son, Jesus. Um, right. And so, really, um, the Church has, has actually approved 26 of these different Marian apparitions. Um, they've occurred at different centuries. They've occurred um, in different parts of the world. Um, there are other Marian apparitions that have not been officially approved and that are either under investigation, and maybe the Church at this point has kind of withheld uh, its definitive judgment about whether it's authentic or not. And then there are some apparitions, or so-called apparitions, that have basically been debunked and said, no, there's just something about this apparition, maybe you know, its circumstances, maybe the theological message that it purports to give, that just doesn't... It doesn't really kind of jive with the church's well, theology, it, and so. But my understanding of the ones that uh, that get that the Vatican says nope, that's that's not authentic. It generally has to do um, with something heretical being uh, correct, su- supposedly stated by right. the Blessed Mother. Right, I, that's most often the case. It's not so much that they're doubting 
necessarily the uh, apparition itself or you know or the witnesses of it but there's something about the message that yes is is not um consistent with our catholic beliefs and so for that reason the you know the apparition just can't be approved and well so, and, and then at that point uh, i think they're basically saying nope that's not an apparition yeah right if it's i, it, if, I mean because mary yeah mary would never give you know a a teaching or give a message that was inconsistent with their Catholic faith. So you're right. right. I mean, if it, if they definitely say that this is not an authentic apparition, then yeah, uh, they then at that point too, there's not like you can't really have pilgrimage, you know, official pilgrimages and things like that. It's it's basically just meant to be left alone, you know. Um, but so anyway, then you're you're left with uh, diabolical, um, mentally imbalanced. Could be stuff like that. Or yeah, not always diabolical. Just lying. But yeah, yeah, it could be right. It could there could be trying. Maybe they're trying to get something going for their own profit. I right. think most often it's because, you know, the quote unquote visionaries or the witnesses to this were yeah they were deceived. Whether it was from uh, the from Satan or whether it was just their own, like you said, maybe a, a mental you know, situation, uh, emotional situation that led them to perhaps they thought they saw something. So in some cases, it could have been actually sincere. It's not always a uh, nefarious motive, but... Uh, nope. But, yep. <clears throat> but anyway, we, but... We both, uh, mm. we, we both studied psychology and are fully mm-hmm. aware of the fact that um, you can have uh, hallucinations pretty You easily. can, yep. The power of suggestion can be strong and... and can uh, be very real. And there's a lot of different phenomena, you know, that um, whether it's uh, mental phenomena or even just like some kind of physical f- phenomena, like something that we don't really understand that maybe it might appear to be a vision of God or an angel or the Blessed Mother. So, yeah, I think it's really important that the Church, um, you know, step in. And, and actually, what's kind of interesting is, you know, you don't need to have the Vatican uh, from that level uh, jump into the uh, investigation that really... Um, in order for any Marian apparition to be considered authentic, it needs the approval of the local bishop. And, uh, and then sometimes the Vatican will also, you know, lend their uh, support to it. And that's happened right. with some of the more uh, well-known and famous uh, pilgrimage or, um, yeah, Marian apparition sites and shrines and so forth. But, but there's a lot of them, including the one that I was referring to in my state of Wisconsin, that the local bishop approved it and the Vatican hasn't really, um, you know, interfered one way or the other but but with the local bishop approving it it's now a place of pilgrimage and um so yeah and often not always but often the people who receive these visions uh from our blessed mother they go on to become uh you know either beatified or canonized as saints because i think you know the church recognizes that there's something holy about their life that would make them even open to the blessed mother visiting them and then you know and then after the the apparition you know these uh, visionaries are um you know doing the, the lord's will and trying to live a very good and holy life so it's it's not a, it's not universal but quite right. often they've been canonized um yeah, so that's something about these apparitions. You know, some of them, I think some of our listeners have probably heard of, like Fatima, maybe the most famous, um, but there's also Lourdes in France. Fatima is in Portugal. Um, Our Lady of Guadalupe is, you know, for those of us that are listening in the United States, I mean, that's right. just south of us in Mexico. Um, and then this one in Wisconsin, which I doubt 
anybody's really heard of or very few people because it's pretty well it was approved only recently it goes back to the mid 19th century but it took place in in uh, a small town of champion wisconsin near green bay so that's the only approved apparition in the united states right now can you visit it yeah oh yeah i've been there several times and um and in fact, one of our seminarians, uh, his family uh, was very involved for many years of kind of organizing the pilgrimage site. And they've just recently put up a beautiful new, big new hall because they're getting a lot more uh, pilgrims. And um, yeah, it's, it's really kind of a cool place because it's out, it's, it's in a rural part of Wisconsin. But they've set up this big hall, like I mentioned, and then they have a church where in the basement of the church is where the apparition took place. So you can go down into the um, kind of the crypt of the church and and pray there. And then nearby, they also have a nice uh, Stations of the Cross that you can walk. So they've kind of been building it up, and um, more and more pilgrims are coming. And uh, it's called Our Lady of Good Help. That's the kind of official name of it. Um, so well, yeah. what's the story? I mean, it, it, I, don't, I don't know the story, and we've talked about it a few times, but yeah, I still yeah. don't know. And I'm guessing that there's probably I'm going to give a caveat here first. Sure. Just uh, so um, we uh, we get a lot we get not a lot but we get positive feedback and great uh, constructive uh, things from our listeners. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess by the um, what I've seen and the stats that I've seen that a lot of our listeners are 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 are, are faithful people, mm-hmm. and 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 you guys may have. Um, facts or stories about these apparitions or the apparition sites that we're not going to cover. And we'd love to hear about them. Definitely. We would yeah. absolutely love to hear about them. Mm-hmm. I know that this is unnatural for us as Catholics to participate. Mm-hmm. And for those of us that live in Minnesota, it's even more unnatural. But <laughs> um, I know that there's people out there that have been to Lourdes and have been to Fatima and mm-hmm. been to other sites. And probably, I would love to hear your stories. Definitely, yeah. Please uh, share them with us, and we can uh, maybe even uh, share them in a future podcast with others. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, yeah, the story of this uh, appearance in Champion, Wisconsin, is is kind of straightforward. Um, it took place uh, in 1859, in October 1859, over the course of about eight days, so October 9th to the 17th, and Mary appeared to a young woman named Adele. Breeze, B-R-I-S-E. And Adele uh, is actually from Belgium. She came over as an immigrant. And uh, basically, like many of the Marian messages, uh, Mary gave Adele a message about um, the need for conversion of sinners. That's, that's a common theme that Mary announces to us. I mean, it's obviously in the Bible, and Jesus talked a lot about it, so it's not earth-shaking. But, you know, one of the messages that Mary often gives us at these various uh, apparition sites is that we need to do, uh, we need to pray, and we need to do penance for the conversion of sinners. So that was part of her message. And another part, very specific to Adele, is that she wanted Adele to teach catechism, because this was a very rural part of the state, and, um, you know, there would have been a lot of uncatechized uh, people. So she kind of commissioned Adele 
to, um, to teach the young children in, in the area. And so she did that. She was very faithful to that request. She became what we call a third order or secular Franciscan. So she wasn't technically um, a consecrated religious, but she wore kind of a brown habit and scapular, kind of she would have looked like a nun. People called her sister. And she basically traveled around uh, this area near Green Bay, Wisconsin, doing all kinds of um, catechesis. So, you know, that's kind of the main uh, thrust of her ministry and what the, um, you know, what, what Mary wanted her to do. And, and yeah, and the, and the local bishop now, uh, Bishop David Ricken, approved it. I think it was 2010 that it was officially approved. So in the last decade, it's been growing in popularity. Um, there's, you know, I don't have it at my fingertips, but there's also, when I was up there, I remember reading about, there was, there was a, a really huge fire. They call it the Pestigo Fire. It's one of the largest, actually, in the United States. And it was a fire that kind of devastated this northern part of the state. And I'm remembering now that um, this, this apparition site somehow was preserved from the fire. Like, the fire came right up to, you know, a fence line or something at this apparition site, and then the fire stopped. And they have photos of all this, so it's well documented. So they also consider that, you know, kind of a miraculous intervention of Mary that she would have um, preserved the site from being destroyed uh, by fire. And I forget, you know, kind of what year that was. I think it was early 20th century. But anyway, so, yeah, so that's something about Champion. Well, that was well-researched. Yeah, well... (laughs) I try to do my homework ahead of time. Um, yeah. So, what was the fundamental the fundamental message um, of, of from Our Lady of Help was? Yeah, Our Lady of Good Help is basically uh, pray for uh-huh. sinners. You know, pray and 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 do penance for their conversion, and then it was more specific to Adele to do this catechesis uh, for the children. But I mean, all of us, you know, can. I mean, every, every apparition, even if, even if we weren't there or it's not sort of directed to us uh, specifically, we, we can always learn something from it. So I sure. think for, you know, the, the message applies to us, too, that we should be uh, praying and fasting for uh, our own conversion, but also the conversion of people that we may know who are sinners, and that we, too, can, um, you know, educate ourselves on our faith. There's always more we can learn about our faith and then try to instruct others who don't know about the Catholic faith. So that's a message that we can take you know, from that apparition. Um, yeah, so that, it, you know, it's interesting that when I was doing kind of the research again on these apparitions, and especially on the 26 officially approved ones, you know, a bunch of them uh, take place in Europe. A lot of them take place like in Belgium, France, uh, other European countries. And there's a whole cluster of them that kind of take place in the like 18th, 19th century, you know, and, and sometimes they take place at a time of war, like Fatima was 1917, so right around, you know, World War One. Um, that, would, that would be considered the 20th century. That, that's, is, is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that happens, yeah, that's right, when it becomes... Uh, <laughs> let's, let's be factual. Yeah, well, it's only 17 years into it, but okay, if right. you want to get, if you want to be very, I know your Germanic side is kicking in now. Okay. Um, so yes, it, it is 20th century. And actually, um, you know, the champion one is, is 19th century, but it was approved, you know, in the 20th in the century. So 21st but, uh, century. now Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, that's, that goes all the way back to December of 1531. So that's, right. that's, uh, quite early when it comes to appar- apparitions. Many of these take place after that, but the, the 16th century. <laughs> 
the six. That's right, because it's 1531, so you always got to go one century. Boy, you are really on, you must have been a history major. You just take that number and add one. Yeah. <laughs> add one and then you're good. good. Um, so one little thing that I'm going to push back on, and maybe okay. I just misheard you. Okay. Um, but it sounded like you were saying that in many of the apparitions, um, the Blessed Mother is is uh, message is about uh, conversion and um, coming to her son. And I, I would only push back on the fact that I haven't found a single apparition message uh, where that's not the the foundation of the messages. Yeah. I, I think that's like the, the critical thing that she's coming back and saying, you gotta you, you have to convert right. and you have to follow my son and you have to pray, yeah. and you have to fast mm-hmm. and uh, yeah go to, go to confession. except for when yeah, except for when she may have a more specific message for um, you know a person. Like a, a person, right. right. So Juan Diego at Guadalupe was asked to have like a church built on this sure. site where she was appearing, things like that. But you're right. There's always that universal message of, of conversion and, and friendship with her son. And she does sometimes, I mean, I think one of the things is sometimes people associate these apparitions with a very apocalyptic um, message, you know, like the world's coming to an end. And, and there can be language that is um, kind of a warning. So mm-hmm. she'll say that if, if, there, if you don't listen and, and, and heed this message, like, the war is going to last longer, or or there's going to be some tragedy. So, for example, in Rwanda, uh, we call it Our Lady of uh, Kabeho. Mary appeared in Rwanda, and she said very explicitly that if this isn't followed, if my message isn't followed, she appeared, by the way, between uh, 1981 and 1989. She said that if... Uh, if you don't listen and, and, and heed my warning, then there's going to be a, you know, a disaster. There's going to be a real uh, tragedy. And indeed, this was before um, the, the massacre between the Hutus and the Tutsis in Rwanda that took place. So, um, yeah, sometimes she, like, pre- not predicts, but she'll warn that something bad is going to happen. So there is, an, you know, there is something to be taken very seriously, obviously. But, but there's also a lot of consolation that she communicates to people, too, about her love for us, uh, how much, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, is saving the world, etc. So it's not all dire, you know. Well, okay. Um, but it is that's no. Not, that's not how I ever take it. I always, I was. Here's here's how I take when I'm reading about the apparitions or if I'm visiting an apparition site. Okay. Um, and and that is is that it is kind of dire. Yeah. Like if if when I was doing youth ministry, um, I always said that if um, you know, if families were functional, and 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 the work was being done in the home that needed mm. to be done. And I'm not blaming anybody or judging anybody, yeah. but divorces at 50% and all this stuff. But if all this stuff was being taken care of in the home, there would be no need for a youth minister. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that, that there, that's the case. And I, and, and the same thing applies with the apparitions to me. I'm going to take, yeah. I'm going to take full ownership of it. If we were all, um, uh, if we were uh, authentically practicing our faith and 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 we were, we had converted to Christ, there would be no need for the Blessed Mother to make as many appearances as she's doing. Right. She's right. not going to be one that's going to be like you know nagging or you know. So she's not like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> or more mine. We're yeah. at fifty five and she still tells me to do stuff. That- <laughs> It's like I got yeah. him. I've been doing. I've been. I've been on my own for a while. I know what I'm talking. Yeah. 
So, so that's just where I come from. I no, think, no, no. I think right that there's that. a direness to it just because yeah. of the fact that she felt it important enough to come on down and say, Hey, I, I'm going to do, I'm doing some miraculous stuff here because right. you guys just aren't getting it. Yeah, no, no, that that's true. I mean, I think she, she wouldn't keep appearing if, if there weren't obviously major problems and lots of sinning going on. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm thinking of, for example, I, I spent some years as a younger Jesuit in France and right like literally a stone's throw from where I went to school, there is um, one of these one of these apparition sites. It's it's on this street called Rue de Bac in Paris, and Mary appeared a couple times in uh, 1830 uh, to a, a now a saint, Saint Catherine Labouret. And and as you were saying, it, it began with Mary talking about that some troubling times were ahead for France. But then she also talked about the fact that she wanted this medal made, which is now called the Miraculous Medal. Uh, the stat that I saw when I was doing my research is that this medal has been made and distributed over a billion times now uh, around the world. But, um, you know, that's more, that, that's more of an encouraging thing of, of make this image of me and have it distributed as sort of a reminder of my closeness to you. So... So, yeah, I think it's, I guess what I was saying is it's not like every time she appears, it's only to, you know, kind of like condemn or be, or be uh, very uh, warning, although that that's often part of it. But there's, there's usually, too, something in the message about the fact that, you know, she's our mother, she's, you know. Uh, she's trying she, to help us. She's trying to help us, right. right every exactly. single time. She's not yeah. coming down and just admonishing yeah. us. No, not just admonishing like, She's like, listen, you, you got to do this, or, exactly. you know, get, exactly. get back on that. You got to you know, you eat your vegetables. Right. You gotta, so listen to your mother. Listen right. to your mother. That's, uh, yeah. that's kind of the point. And that's, yeah. a, that'd be a, that's probably a shirt somewhere. <laughs> I imagine. It's got you know, the Blessed Mother on it and said, listen to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> If it isn't, it should be. Actually, I think I have seen that now that you mentioned it. I think yeah, I've it seen it. Is. I, yeah. I have zero original ideas. That's yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Don't be so harsh on yourself. All right. So, um, oh, and one thing that we could we should probably throw out at this point, and we're you know we're uh, a ways in right now. Um, we are not under any obligation. Uh, to believe in any of these uh, apparitions. Yeah, that's really important. Exactly. That's super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if, the, the it, church, even even ones that are officially approved by the church, we're not yeah. obligated to believe them. That's not a, a doctrine of faith or anything like right. that. So that no, that's really important. Nobody should feel awkward or bad or like they're less than if they don't mm-hmm. uh, if they don't buy into Fatima or Lourdes or Guadalupe or right. you know any of the sites. No, that's that's very <sighs> true. That's very true. Um, you know, now you, I've been to Guadalupe. I, I've gone there with a, a school trip uh, from Creighton Prep. And when I was at the high school, we took some boys. Well, we were in Mexico, and then we decided to, we were going to make one of the days of our pilgrimage in Mexico a trip to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I was able to celebrate Mass there, which was kind of special. And then I've been, just because I had studied in France, I had gone to Lourdes. Um, and, and uh, you know, I remember that, too, being a place of great... Um, well, joy, a lot of people coming, uh, and, and even if they left without the physical hu- uh, cure that they were seeking, they usually left just more buoyed and, and happier, more joyful that they had come to this place and encountered God and Mary there. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because you, I know, have been, you had quite an involvement with an, another 
uh, apparition site known as Medjugorje. Right. And, and so, um, you know, it, it hasn't yet been kind of officially approved by the church, but, but there are a lot of people, including many, many Americans that have gone over, and uh, there are miracles, you know, many miracles that are attributed to uh, Mary there. So can you talk a little bit about your experience there? No, not really. Ha! <laughs> okay. So, um, no, so just a little background on Medjugorje, and this can be kind of a hot topic for a lot of people. Uh, one, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that I want to put out there is that the, the Ruini Commission that was asked to look into uh, Medjugorje has made the recommendation. That's a Vatican Commission. Appointed by the Pope. Um, looked to look at uh, the the apparitions in, in Medjugorje, and they have recommended that the first seven uh, uh, apparitions be approved, and that um, pilgrimages should be allowed out there. And, mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of facts. So that's 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 kind of critical. Mm-hmm. Um, the the backstory on Medjugorje is that there are are there were six children, and this was literally forty years ago. In June, okay. In um, what country is this? The, the, back then, it was in Yugoslavia. Yeah, and then and it was a communist-run country, and now it's in uh, Croatia mm-hmm. as after the wars. And uh, they uh, saw the Blessed Mother. Um, they started seeing her on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, they were. Were they all uh, siblings, by the way? No, none of them no. were siblings. Oh, okay. I thought I thought at least a few were. Okay. No, they were just they were just friends. And uh, okay. the older ones, the the scuttlebutt is is that the o- older ones were sneaking away from their summer chores to go grab a cigarette. Oh. And then uh, you know they got busted by the blessed mother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's the story around uh, around mm-hmm. Medjugorje. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've uh, that the blessed mothers imparted ten secrets. Um, Four of the visionaries have received all ten of the secrets, mm-hmm. and now only see uh, the Blessed Mother once a year. Right, and that there's two that are still waiting to get the final secret. Okay, and uh, and the uh, secret is not because uh, it is still secret, right? It's secret. Nobody, we don't yeah. know what it is. But right. there's you know when you're talking about end of the world and doing yeah, well, everybody just assumes it's just the natural assumption of people who are going to visit Medjugorje that this is all end of the world stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my first experience, um, the deacon from the church that I was working at went to Medjugorje right at the beginning when okay. these things first started. And he had, there are several things that people report. One, that um, rosaries turn to gold. Two, that you can, um, you can stare and look up at the sun without blinking and not go mm-hmm. blind. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of other uh, things that are, are, are a little bit more individualized. But he came back um, and, and experienced that, and then he showed me his rosary. Now that was, um, he handed me the rosary that was a, a silver rosary, and all the links were gold, except for around the Marian medallion, mm. which was half silver and half gold. Wow, wow! Like there's no, and a lot of people come back and they'd be like, "Oh, my rosary turned to gold," and it's like, well. No, your rosary was silver plated, and you finally used it, oh. and you rubbed off all the silver plating to okay. the brass that's underneath, <laughs> that's, which right. has a gold. Well, maybe it was a miracle it. that they were praying it so often. Well, maybe. no, and it's a good thing that they were. But yeah. uh, you know, the, the actual and then people denounce that miracle, and I can tell you from firsthand witness, 
Um, there are rosaries that have turned uh, from pure silver to, mm-hmm. to gold. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, my father uh, ended up going. You can tell me to shut up at any time because we're. I mean, if I'm, I could blather on about this. No, no, go ahead. Um, my father back when I was like. 20, 19, 20, yeah. um, was, he was married to a Catholic. His uh, son had a degree in theology. He went to Mass every weekend, refused to become Catholic. Yeah. Had no desire to become Catholic. He, he takes off on a business trip through Europe for whatever reason, stops at Medjugorje for three days, mm-hmm. um, continues his business trip, comes home, and he says, I'm going to be Catholic. Wow. I'm done. Okay. It's, 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 uh, now I'm a Catholic. And uh, he he got uh, he went through RCIA and got confirmed um, that year. And he's been um, very uh, fervent fervent about his faith mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. Um, he took me the first time I went to Medjugorje was in '97. Yeah, and I helped him lead a pilgrimage of uh, a lot of uh, uh, women of advanced uh, experiences. Shall we say um, they were old ladies um, going to Medjugorje, and we were uh, keeping them walking around and keeping them safe and things like that. Okay, All right. um, and I was we were we were walking up uh, we were walking up uh, Apparition Hill and praying the Rosary, and then all of a sudden I look around and everybody's looking up in the sky, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And it's like, "Well, it may not work for you." And I turned and I looked at the sky, and I was staring into the sun. Well. When okay. there was a there was a disc right in front of the sun, it was right up in the middle of the sky, um, no. just staring at it and watching the. Uh, you could see the sunbeams dancing around outside of the the, mm-hmm. the disc, mm-hmm. and half the people around me couldn't do it. Really? Yep. Wow. Half could, half, half couldn't. Jeez. So um, you know. People, there's a lot of things that people uh, denounce about Medjugorje, which yeah. I get. Forty, I mean, it's been forty years of daily apparitions. Yeah, that's that's a crazy amount. Right, right. And 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 the the first seven have been recommended. Um, that doesn't mean that they've denounced the the ones that have come past. They just right. say that this is um, what you know. We we abs- we believe and we recommend the first seventh. The, the rest of them need to be addressed and analyzed. But yeah. um, the, the visionaries have said that all of the secrets are going to happen within their lifetime, and they're like our age. So, yeah. you know, unless you get hit by a bus or something, they're going <laughs> to happen in our lifetime. Right. Which right. will prove whether or not these apparitions are actually, are actually yeah. authentic. You know, your mentioning of that reality of the so. sun uh, makes me think about Fatima because um, one of the great miracles associated with with Fatima was that uh, there were like 10,000 people gathered. Right. Uh, and they could all look up and see the sun dancing around the sky, you know, that it was moving in all these different strange directions. And, and uh, you know, so this is kind of like attested to by atheists that were there. And Right. So, yeah, a number of these sites have, like in addition to the miraculous apparition of Mary herself, there's often other phenomena. So like, you know, for example, Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, you know, um, uh, the tilma or the cactus fiber cloak yes. that Juan Diego would have worn in 1531. I mean, this should have disintegrated within a few decades, and it's still hanging there. You can go there today, and it's in a case. And you know, 
this many centuries later, the thing is still intact. And so then it's, there was a, it's also, like close to 500 years old. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so how do you explain that? And then, um, you know, well, the, the original miracle was that um, in order to, sh- like, prove to the bishop that Mary actually appeared to him, Mary had Juan Diego go up and cut these Castilian roses, which well, this is in the middle of December, so there should have been no roses at all. So he cuts all these roses, and he puts them in his cloak, his tilma. He goes off to see the bishop. He opens up his cloak, and the, and the roses fall onto the ground, and that's supposed to be the miracle. But what actually, even the greater miracles that imprinted on the inside of the um, tilma or cloak is, is an image, a miraculous image of Our Lady, which you can, again, you can see it still in the, uh, in the Basilica today. And, and, you know, scholars have analyzed this image, obviously, in great detail. And, and, and you can, when you uh, look at the eyes of Mary on this cloak, um, you can actually see reflected in her eyes uh, the image of the bishop who was looking at the image at the time. So things like that, you know, that are just kind of amazing. And there's another story about, a, you know, there was a, a guy who attempted to bomb the Basilica in right. 1941. And, you know, there's and this survived. huge blast. And, yeah, I mean, it, like, blew out windows. I mean, even buildings nearby got their windows blown out. And it was just this, you know, massive blast. But it didn't damage the tilma. And, and it, you know, certain other relics in the church were miraculously... Preserved the, the Tilma reminds me of. Do you ever see the movie Contact with Jodie Foster? And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. And then and then they're getting messages from space, and they <laughs> right. think it's just one message. And right. then there's like deeper messages that are attached to it that they were just ignoring, and it just gets deeper and deeper. And, deeper. and that's like the Tilma. Like right. it's like wow, look at this picture that has survived. <laughs> yeah, and it's of the Blessed Mother. But um, but then you look at it and it gets studied deeper. And at one distance, um, the Blessed Mother looks mm. Native American, mm-hmm. and then at another distance, she looks European. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the yep. the uh, um, that the temperature of the tilma is apparently ninety eight point six degrees. Ah, that I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot of like really, and the, the, what you were talking about the the stars in the sky above her. Um, head, mm-hmm. above, you know, as a mantle, mm-hmm. um, where in the the constellations are in the exact place that they would be they on the day of her apparition. Wow! Wow! There's that's, so that's much, amazing. and 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 that image in particular has become a big as you, as you'd know in your work with um, protecting life. You know, it's become because she appears to be pregnant. It's kind of become an right. image for the pro life movement. And maybe my one of my favorite stories about the the basilica and the tilma though is is the day that. Uh, Hillary Clinton visited it, and, and unfortunately, her staff hadn't really prepared her very well because she got up in front of the tilma and was admiring the image of Mary, and she said to the priest who was accompanying her, she asked, uh, who made it? And and the man's the priest's response was, well, God. <laughs> so I don't think they had really informed her the fact that this was actually a miraculous uh, you know, image and so forth. But anyway. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just there's so many ways I want to go with that, and I'm <laughs> just going to avoid it. Just, yeah, it's probably um, better if we just don't. So, and 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 one of the things that I kind of and we're rapidly running out of time. We might go we a little are. over, folks. Um, but there's one of the big uh, critiques of Medjugorje, which I believe in Medjugorje. I mean, I saw, I looked, at, I stared at the sun. There's a couple other miracles that I was I was a witness to um, that that were really quite impressive. But there's also a lot of um, uh, shenanigans going on. And I think that happens at just about um, any place 
that there's something holy that's going on. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people with less than altruistic right. uh, in, intentions yeah. Yeah. looking to make a buck. Right. And like silly things are going to go on. And, and yeah. then but people will have a tendency. And I've gotten into, you know, not personally, but I've been in uh, debates with um, some pretty uh, well-known apologists okay. about Medjugorje who have said, oh, this can't ever happen. And this isn't your mother. And it's ridiculous for you to believe it. I don't have a problem with anybody saying, you know what? I don't know if I believe in Medjugorje. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. But if you're going to tell everybody else that they're stupid for believing yeah. in it, then I got a problem. I'm going right. to, you know, uh, push back a little bit. Yeah, no. Um, and, and, and given that uh, investigation that you were referring to earlier and, and the conclusion right. of that, it's like, yeah, we, we can't we can't say that just because you believe in it, you're uh, off your rocker. Right. So. Right. Yeah. But, no, we but have, we I, have saw, to, I saw crazy things over there. At, at there, yeah. there, there was um, uh, there was reports that. The cross on the mountain um, was would sometimes glow mm. like red or yellow or blue, and and nobody could explain it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and the, the 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 village women would say that that uh, the Blessed Mother would would kneel and pray at the foot of that cross um, every morning at dawn. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "All right, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up there. I'm gonna go get get a so good seat. Th- Three a.m. I'm taking off. I'm and it's a few miles away from where I'm staying, and I'm walking. And I look up, and the cross is glowing. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, "Holy cow!" And when you say that, does that mean you mean like the cross itself looked like a, it was um, like it was a reddish or orange? Yes, color? it was okay. glowing red. The wow. entire outline of the cross. The cross is red. And it's just—it's a wooden cross, right? No, it's it's a, it's a concrete cross. Oh, it's concrete. I don't know okay. how they got this thing up the mountain. Okay, because okay. um, it's not an easy climb. Right. So I'm just like, this is that's what's gonna. I'm gonna. And so I'm running and cutting through farm fields and, yeah. and keeping the cross in front of me, so I know exactly where I'm going. And I'm like, am I gonna? Am I gonna see something when I get up there? Am I not gonna see anything when I get up there? Like this is really exciting. And I get to the top just as dawn is breaking. I climb up the steps to the foot of the cross, and at the foot of the cross is, is orange light. No, is eighteen. Um, there was like twelve, eighteen-inch red votive candles all lit. Ah, uh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, you, it's like you have people staring <laughs> into the sun. Right, you have right. the Blessed Mother appearing daily. Mm-hmm. Why are you fabricating this kind of nonsense? Right, 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 right. And I talked with the tour guide later, and I told her this, and she's like, "Oh, you think that uh, that would cause the." Across to glow, and I'm like, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> right. When I can see a flashlight yeah. powered by a nine volt battery <laughs> walking down the mountain, I'm fairly yeah. certain that 12 18 inch photo candles mm-hmm. would illuminate a clot across right. really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is why we Catholics also value science and right. reason, because yes, we don't want to be gullible and and fanciful, and like you said, it's kind of our human nature that we do want to. I don't know. We, you know, we want to believe things that are, I guess, uh, you know, fantastic, right? And and that somehow we think we, like our faith has to include all of that. And it's like, well, well, and and that's you know. the critical thing. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's yeah. the that's the critical thing that there are people, and I know of people personally that have sold off their television and 
other things so that they could go back to Medjugorje. Mm-hmm. And okay, going to Medjugorje is a great thing. It's like if you want to participate in everything Catholic, you know, the, the confession lines are two hours long. Right. You got to get to Mass an hour before just to get standing room. Right. right. It's just, it is everything Catholic. Yeah. But um, that's not um, the foundation of your faith. Right. That can be a right. supplement to your faith. Sure. And you can believe in it and it can help your faith. But if right. that's the if that's the foundation of your faith, then that's a little misguided. Right. That's that's the struggle that I have with some folks about. But to that. me, like the fact that whether or not you know Medjugorje is ultimately approved officially or not, the fact that people are um, you know, having deep conversion experiences, that they're going to confession, that they're going to mass. I mean like my dad. You're right. And so, I mean, all of that to me, and I, and, and I haven't talked to people so much recently who have come back from Medjugorje, but I can remember like 20 years ago, I, I've talked to a lot of Americans that went over there and came back, and yeah, they were deeply touched by the experience. And so I think that that's the real, yeah. if you, that's really what Mary and Jesus want, right? They want right. our conversion. They want us to grow holier. And, and um, so that's what it's about. It's not about uh, the, the titillating, fantastic... Uh, Supernatural, that, yeah, yeah, supernatural, right? Exactly. So, well, listen. I mean, we, when you uh, got to, no, we do get we got to finish up. But when right. when you have yeah. bread and wine uh, turning into the body and blood of Christ yeah. Yeah. every weekend, right? What every, other miracles do you need? Yeah, right. Or every day, if you're going yeah. every day, right? 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 No, it's true. It's true. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ramble. No, it's okay. I just thought we should probably we move should wrap into up. our. Uh, Things that we like. Stuff right? that we like. Stuff that we like. That's even better. Um, yeah, so I actually got to pick one this week. Uh, I, I <laughs> Well, no, that sounded like really bad. That's it sounded so like you weren't allowing me terrible. to. No, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Um, I, did, I finally got off my lazy butt and did the work to find something that I could share this week. <laughs> and uh, people, people, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this so far in any of our podcasts, but I spent two years as a Jesuit priest on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, uh, and I was a pastor of a couple of small churches there, and the Jesuits have been there since the, um, I think it was 1888, so that would be the 19th century, wouldn't it, Jim? And um, we yes. were invited, yes, we, we, were, we were invited onto the reservation by Chief Red Cloud. Were you and there so, in 1888? No, I'm not that. We're the same age, stop it. Only my seminarians can tease me about how old I am. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we've been there a long time. <coughs> Excuse me. We have uh, priests and brothers there. We have we have a no- number of schools and parishes, and uh, our high school is called Red Cloud Indian School. And right at the high school there, there is something called the Heritage Center, and it's a museum, but it's also a store. And so I just want to make a plug today for um, the Heritage Center, and they have a beautiful online store that you can go and, and check out. They sell um, beautiful beadwork. Uh, the, the Lakota people are very famous for their beadwork, and so they have jewelry. They've used uh, beadwork to decorate, like, clothing and, and purses and things like that. They also are very well known for these beautiful star quilts, very large quilts hmm. that involve different um, star-like patterns, and these are all made by hand, and, and they have different sizes. You could put one on, like, your baby's, uh, in your baby's crib. You could put one on your on your queen-size bed at home. I have one on my bed, actually. And, um, yeah, they sell books and other things, but you can go to redcloudschool.shop, S-H-O-P, 
redcloudschool.shop. We'll probably put that on our uh, webpage so people can click on it. But anyway, you might want to check it out. And uh, the, the Pine Ridge Reservation is located in Shannon County, which every year is either at the bottom or very near the bottom of the poorest counties in the United States. So as some of our listeners may know, uh, some of the Native American communities, you know, they really struggle just to... Uh, to, to support themselves. And so this would be a great, in addition to getting a beautiful piece of art, um, it would be a great way of supporting, um, you know, a, a very beautiful people, but one that, that struggles a lot uh, economically. And this is the largest uh, Native American reservation in the country, if I'm not It is, correct, it is. I'm it takes correct. up kind of the whole southwestern corner yeah. of South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've been there as well. I got there before mm-hmm. you did, which you is did. <laughs> it was kind of prophetic. That. We're not going to talk about that right now. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for another time. But. Yeah, but the stuff they have is uh, I can personally attest to it. Uh, the stuff that mm-hmm. they make is uh, gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Cool. And no one will accuse you of appropriating <laughs> Native American culture. You just yeah. being supportive. Just being supportive. Yep. yep. There you go. Was that a bad thing to say? Should I not say that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you can always edit it out if you don't Maybe. like it. We'll see. <laughs> you got You want to say a prayer for us, Father? You I think we should say do a that. Prayer for the Super Bowl, or just for us? Oh no, or? no, no! I, I, with the, with the, if the Packers were playing, then I we would. know what the theme of your prayer would be. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we're grateful for um, this opportunity to speak of you and to praise you. Uh, We're especially grateful today, Blessed Mother, that we could honor you and talk about your love for us as your children and the ways in which you are still uh, very much uh, drawing close to us in our world. So through your intercession, help each of us to come to deeper conversion and also deeper hope in your Son and his salvation. And we can maybe just say together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord Lord is with with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou thou among women, and blessed blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. And so may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you who are listening and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for blessing us, Father. You're very welcome. Great being with you, Jim. Nice being with you. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this. If you stuck it out this long, God bless you. Kind of was, uh, Amen. We were uh, uh, very loquacious in this one. Um, we got some super surprises coming up in the next few weeks, so I uh, mm-hmm. hope you keep on listening, and I hope and, you guys have a great week. And keep giving us feedback. We love it. Please. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.